let's dive in. Uh, back of your bulletin, follow along. It's kind of an exciting day, and it's kind of a scary day. This has been a weekend that I have dreaded in some ways because of the topic at hand. And I don't know how else to get through this other than just to tell you right up front where we're headed. We're going to talk a little bit today about the old ancient word spittle. It's the long name for spit. Everybody say spittle. Spittle. Jesus, this is, I mean, he's Jesus. He can do what he wants, right? Would you agree? But he's going to put his fingers in a deaf guy's ears, and then he's going to spit on his fingers and touch his tongue. Now, that just doesn't sound great, does it? He's God, so I'm never going to belittle anything God does. He can do what he wants. And so uh, please journey with me because I have been on a research trail of why Jesus would do such a thing. If you Google spittle, you will be shocked at how many stories come up and how many things are said. In ancient times, it was believed to be a real healing power, and there are healing agents in saliva. And uh, so they're very real. We're going to talk about some of those. But why Jesus did what he did, I'm not sure. But here's the thing I want you to focus on most. The deaf ears were opened and this man could hear. And his speech impediment went away. And he could speak clearly. Would you say that's good enough for you? So even if you don't understand fully why Jesus used the method he did, you can still love the miracle and the heart of Jesus. So let's walk through. It's Mark chapter 7. Verses 31 and following. Now, there's a few other things that I want to say before we get into the spittle part, okay? Um, number one in your outline, if you're taking notes, write this down. The faith of others. This story starts with people who have faith in Jesus bringing this man who has a speech impediment and who is deaf to Jesus. Let me just read it. Verse 31. Jesus left Tyre and went up to Sidon before going back to the Sea of Galilee and the region of the Ten Towns. A deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him, and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on the man to heal him. Notice that it wasn't the deaf man who sought out and found Jesus. The Bible says it was his friends and people who brought him to Jesus. And what did they say when they got to Jesus? They said, would you lay hands on him and heal him? It was not uncommon for rabbis and other teachers to either anoint someone by touching their forehead or laying their hands on them. So they've probably also seen Jesus heal someone. He's done a lot of miracles already in his ministry. And so they're saying, if you will lay your hands on him and pray for him, we believe you have the power to heal him. And that's what we want for our friend. How many of you think it's good to have a friend like that? I think that's a good thing. And it, it kind of caused me to think a little bit about what kind of friend I am and what kind of friends I have in my life. Would I be someone who could, who could get you to Jesus? Would I be someone who would care and love you enough to go through the effort that they went through to seek out where Jesus was and to take this man with them to where Jesus was? I, I want to just say this and we'll move on. I think... Sometimes we're in a culture where we have a lot of fake relationships and we have very few deep friends, but I would like to challenge us as believers, as followers of Christ, to be a real friend to people. 
whether they know Christ or not. Matter of fact, people who you befriend who are not believers, that you love them unconditionally, not with an agenda of cramming Jesus down their throat, they smell you coming if that's your motive, right? It's true. But if you can really be their friend and care about their life, you will probably have opportunity to speak life into them because they will trust you first. And for whatever reason, these friends brought this person to Jesus and Jesus met this need. The second thing that's in your outline is that Jesus understood respect and privacy. Now, there are many reasons why he is about to do what he's going to do, but follow along in verse 33. It says something pretty interesting, and I think it's out of respect and privacy that Jesus does this. It says, Jesus led the man away from the crowd so he could be alone, so they could be alone. And that's kind of rare in Scripture. There are many reasons why Jesus did miracles in public. Uh, probably the first and most obvious would be that Jesus wanted there to be multiple witnesses to all of the miracles so that it wouldn't just be one person that they say, oh, he's crazy, that didn't really happen. But when hundreds of people see the same miracle and everyone gives witness to the truth of it, it's pretty hard to, to not deny it. But this is a case in which Jesus and probably a few of his disciples took this man from the crowd, even his friends who were with him, and separated him from the crowd and pulled him aside and had a private moment with him. And I think he's being very considerate about this man. Uh, his condition is interesting. The Bible uses the language that would say this. He's completely deaf. It's possible he was deaf uh, from birth. Uh, most scholars say that, that that's more likely. However, he, he, he could speak. But he was either a stutterer or uh, a man who just had the inability to speak clearly and people couldn't understand what he was saying. And so he has these two issues going on. Now, Jesus takes him aside because I believe here's a man who's probably really doesn't like crowds. It's a place probably of some embarrassment at some different points in his life. Uh, some scholars believe his speech uh, issue could have been caused because he was deaf. And so it's a, it's a private thing. See, Jesus doesn't want to just showcase you on stage. Jesus cares about you. He, he cares about your embarrassing places. He cares about the things that you feel humiliated about. Jesus shows up and wants to take you to that private place to say, I love you for who you are, and I care, and I will be sensitive to caring for your specific needs. And I love that about God. He's not just up there somewhere ruling over the earth. He's intimately involved in your life, and he wants to bring you aside. He is not afraid to have alone time with you. He calls Zacchaeus down out of a tree and says, I'm going to your house for dinner. He meets this woman at the well, and they have this intimate conversation. Jesus isn't just about the big crowd. He's, he's about one-on-one -on -one relationship. And so that just becomes a big part of the privacy uh, of what Jesus is trying to do. Another thing that's very interesting about this is I've had two people tell me this weekend, and if you have other insights to this story, I'm wide open, okay, um, that both of them have siblings who are deaf. And they said that they believe one of the reasons Jesus took this man aside away from the crowd because he knew he was going to heal him. And I, I guess when someone who is deaf has a little bit of their hearing restored, even with an aid, it can be absolutely frightening all the noise of a crowd. It can startle them terribly. 
And so Jesus was being considerate, knowing he was going to heal this man to take him to a place where he could be alone and not have that white noise of a big crowd, you know, blasting into his eardrums. Now, here we go. The third, the third thing, the power of physical touch. The power of physical touch. Let me just read it to you. This is what the Bible says. He put, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then, spitting on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue. <laughs> Every time I read that, I just want to say, that's gross. What is Jesus thinking? What is he doing? What is the purpose? And so then you go on this, mom, I have a curious mind. Okay, so when I, when I can't figure something out, it gets to me, and I just get ravenous about it. I go after it. And so I, I'm a why guy. Like if I see a, a motor or a something, I like want to take it apart and know why, why it works like that, what makes that happen in it. And so I have been reading, I mean, as a pastor, when, you, when you're delivering a message, you do a lot of research. You want to know the text inside and out. You want to understand the culture, who it was said to, why it happened. You want to get all the, all the stuff you can get. And you come into a weekend like this, and I have to stand up here and say, I have no idea why Jesus did this, okay? So if you know why, come now, please, and tell us. Okay, well, then we'll keep learning together. But there are tons of, of scholars who speak into this, and there are many ideas about why. So I'm going to just walk through some of them, and, and maybe it will help you to have more insight. And if you want to Google around on this and, and give me some insight, there's one service left, so please bring it to me quickly. All right? Um, obviously, Jesus wanted to have a place of contact with the man. He's, he's obviously, all scholars would agree, he's identifying the problem with his ears when he puts his fingers in his ears. I think Jesus is facing him because in a minute he's going to say something to him that's really profound. And his, it, all this happens within just a few seconds. But I think Jesus is touching his head and puts his fingers in his ears in some ways to let the man know, I'm about to open your ears. And I know that's the issue. And I know that's the place that you need help. And then he spits on his fingers and he touches the man's tongue. Now, this is where I have, I've read scholars who say, don't conjecture why, don't even try to explain it because you don't really know and you'll just make a mess out of it. So I just couldn't do that. I have to talk about it a little more than that. Then you have other scholars who like dive into every little thing saying, well, Jesus has special spit and that it's godly spit. And some say it's the DNA of God, which, I mean, it could be. The, you think of Jesus is fully God, he's fully man, but there is a DNA. Um, and he touches this man's tongue to release it. Others go back to Genesis 1 where the voice of God spoke and the world was created. And Jesus was from the mouth of Jesus. He is touching this tongue in order to create new life. That's possible too. That's, that's some things that people thought. I found it interesting that I met a quilter. Anybody do quilting? A few of you do? I met a quilter. Uh, I mean, I've met her. She goes to Timberline all the time. After the last service, who told me something I thought was fascinating. So see, you're getting insight no one else has heard yet. Uh, and I like that she told me this. She said, as a quilter, when you, if you're doing stitch work and you poke your finger with a needle and it bleeds onto the quilt, you can grab some spit from your mouth and rub the blood off of the quilt. Someone else's spit won't remove your blood, but your own spit will remove your blood. 
there's something about the DNA and the match that will release the stain of that blood when you use your saliva. And that did give me the thought that Jesus was identifying with the, the wound of this man, the place of sorrow, the place of pain, and he's touching this man with his own saliva. Uh, ancient cultures did use saliva for a lot of things. Some scholars uh, talk about how this is just the touch of God, like a kiss would be. It's, it's the kiss of God on this man. Like, like you would say, you know, when your child is young and, you, and you, they have an owie, right? And you, let me kiss your owie, and you kiss their owie to make it all better. Uh, some said this is what Jesus is doing. I read one account where uh, a couple of guys said this is actually Jesus spitting on the disease. Like, like mocking Satan saying, you cannot control this tongue and I spit on what you have done on this man and I, I really can't buy that either. I don't know. I just, because let's face it, did Jesus have to use his spit to heal this guy? No, he didn't. So why did he? This is driving me crazy. Please help me. So we've got to figure it out. No, we don't have to figure it out. And that's the point that I want to make. I, I was struggling with this, walking through everything possible. Um, and then it starts to hit me. Maybe I'm not supposed to know why. Well, there's a thought. Maybe you don't have to know the why to everything God's doing. Maybe our journey with God is about trusting him when we don't understand the why. And this really got me fired up a little more, and I started thinking about the times of deepest faith in my life were the times that I didn't know why. Why does God do this, or why does God sometimes not do this? It seems like it would be easier if God would always do exactly what I say. How many of you see that angle? But he's God, and he's in the habit of doing what he wants to do. And sometimes I have the why, and it doesn't matter what the why is. What matters is will I trust God? Will I bring him that place of shame in my life? Will I surrender my tongue? Will I surrender my hearing? Will I hear the voice of God when I don't understand why he's doing the things he's doing? Why the circumstances are what they are in my life? Will I trust God even then? I, I did have this one little kind of silly thought that that Jesus had absolutely no reason for doing this other than to drive us crazy for 2,000 years. So we get to heaven, he'll just say, ha, gotcha, there's no reason. Just wanted to mess with you and hear what you would say about it at Timberline. I don't know. I'm just glad that I know I can trust God when I don't know why. And, and I think that's a big point right there. But now look at what else happens besides the spitting, okay? Number four. Where are we looking and what are we saying? Where are we looking and what are we saying? The, the posture of Jesus' body gets interesting. Again, this all happens in seconds, and so I, I want you to envision it. Uh, let me just read it, and then we'll break it down. Looking up into heaven, that's the first thing Jesus did. I believe his hands are already in his ears. Um, looking up into heaven, and then it says he sighed. And Mark specifically wants us to know he sighed. I'll talk about why I think he sighed in a minute. And then he, he said this interesting word. It's, it's a, a Syrian word, the word um, epepatha. And that word means be opened. And it's really one word. 
in Aramaic where we have two words, be open, but in that language it's one word. Many people believe this man was Jewish and he would fully understand that word. Instantly the man could hear perfectly and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. So here you have the sequence of, of Jesus putting his fingers in this guy's ears, spitting on his fingers, touching his tongue, looking up into heaven. I think the look up was all about unity with the Father, all about the power of God was about to be released in this man. And Jesus often looked up as though to say, Father, thank you for the ability to touch and heal people. We are together in this. I represent you and you me in this form on the earth. And then he, he sighs. And this sigh is a, I think it's an empathy, care, sigh. Have you ever seen someone going through something horrible and you kind of go, oh. It's like this, oh. And, and you just want to help them. I think Jesus has a moment when he recognizes the pain this man has been in, the suffering he has gone through, the humiliation. Many people in Jesus' day would associate a speech impediment with demon possession, with sin. And so there's no doubt this man has felt a lot of shame in his life. He's been humiliated by a lot of people that wanted to humiliate him. I think Jesus is moved by that. And he has this sigh that comes out of him after he's looked into heaven. And then he says this amazing word in the language this man can understand. And don't miss this part. I think the man is looking at Jesus. I think he's actually able to lip read what Jesus says when he says this word and he knows it's the word be opened this man is elated because he feels the power of God come over him and releases his hearing and releases his speech impediment and Jesus said it in one word now why would that be ironic here's why in this culture there were many people who were quote God people who were basically the witch doctors of the day they would create these Cantations, these cantations, these, they would take syllables and they would make up words that were not real words and then they would repeat them over and over like the abracadabra idea. They didn't mean anything. They were just gibberish. But they created them to create a sense of, of wowness and awness and so on. And then they would lay hands on them. And they would go on and on with this chanting. Jesus simply looks into heaven, takes a sigh of care, and then says, be opened. He doesn't need to be wordy because his touch makes all the difference in our lives. You guys, Jesus can do in one second what you can't do in 10 years. When the Spirit of God comes into your life and into your mind and renews your spirit, there's something powerful that can happen and you will be able to hear and you will be able to speak the truth of God. I want that in my life. I want that in your life. Let's be the people of God in respect of these kinds of things. Now, let's go to the fifth point because this is kind of funny how it ends. Um, people like to share good news. Don't you like to share good news? We all do. Matter of fact, it's been said, if you want everybody to know, just tell a few people, don't tell anybody, but, <laughs> and it will trickle out real fast, especially if it's juicy. Look at verse 36. This is pretty amazing. Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone. But the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. They were completely amazed and said again and again, everything he does is wonderful. I love that phrase. Isn't that a great statement? Everything he does 
is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak. You know, let's be people who share the good news. Let's be people who are not afraid to speak the truth about God in love. I love giving good news. I hope you will be a person who gives good news. You know, there might be some of you today in here as we get ready to just pray that your life is pretty messed up right now and you have some places of embarrassment and maybe shame. Maybe you've been humiliated. Maybe you've grown up with something that's an embarrassment to you. Today, I'm going to invite you to bring that to God. I'm going to invite you to bring that sensitive place maybe that nobody knows about. Maybe it's a battle of your heart, your mind, but it would embarrass you if people knew. This story could be for you, that Jesus will take you aside today in the spirit realm, and he will touch that place of deadness. He will touch that place of deafness. He will touch that place of impediment, and he will heal you, because that's what God does. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the reality of a moment like this when we can trust you and you come close to us and there's power in that. So we just open our hearts to say, show us. Show us what the takeaways are for us today. I wanna just start by praying for some of you who have a place of embarrassment or humility and you know it and I'm not even gonna have you raise your hand because that's the point, isn't it? But right now, God can touch that place if you will just say, Lord, you know my need. Just say that to him right now, under your breath, in your mind, Lord, you know my need. And I wanna pray over you. Lord, we as a church pray for those in this room that need to be touched by you, by your DNA, by the glory of God. Somehow, Lord, do what only you can do. I pray for a release in this shame, this humility, this embarrassment. I pray for an emboldened heart that you would place in brothers and sisters, young people, that they would know you have touched them today, that they can face tomorrow. They can identify with this story. Lord, I thank you for that. Secondly, I wanna pray for something that is the why question. Because for some of you, maybe you've been asking why for a long time and you're never going to know why. That's where faith has to come alive is when you do not understand why. And that's what this whole thing might be about for you right now is will you put your hands and your weaknesses and your lack of knowledge, understanding into the hands of God? Will you do that even not knowing why? That's a faith step. So if, if you're in that mode, I, I'd love to pray over you. And just lift a hand to say, that's me. That, that's where I'm at. I don't know why. But I'm going to trust God anyway. Hold it up. Just a second. God bless you. You can put them down. Church, let's pray. Lord, we all go through seasons where we don't know why. But it seems like um, it's harder sometimes than others. And for many today in this room, it's complicated. And the complexity of it is worrying creates anxiety and so I ask you to calm the heart and speak peace and love and grace 
to these troubled hearts, to the questions of why, to the lack of understanding, to the pain, the sorrow that they maybe have gone through. And they've wondered, where are you? But you are there and you've been there all the time. Let them know that. They can trust you. They can believe in you because you are trustworthy. I thank you for that today, Lord. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to ask our prayer team members if they would come now. And You know, some of you don't need to rush out of here. You need to hang out down here and let us just pray with you for some of those things in your life. And feel free to do that. Otherwise, tables in the mall and uh, sign-ups. Don't forget all the stuff going on, you guys. I love you. I'm proud of you. I thank God for you. Lord, go before us, be our strength, and help us to be good friends, to bring people to where their need can be met through your grace and mercy. Thank you for your touch, however it comes. We need it, and we are grateful in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Now spit on your finger and touch somebody's tongue before you get out of here. God bless you. Love you guys. Have a great day.